you know, our, our thoughts for today is not the same as I thought I was going to have last Sunday. It seems to work out that way quite often. I love that lyric. For my Savior loves me so. And to know He has promised, He will hold me fast. Isn't that a glorious thought? Isn't that a glorious thought? Oh, such a great salvation. Such a great Savior. <laughs> Glory to His name. So let's read. We're going to read once again. Romans 3. We're going to read... Uh, Verse 19 down through 31. And just have some thoughts for today. And we may have some other things that will come back maybe next next time I I preach, perhaps. So we'll see where the Lord takes us here. Uh, And as we read this, I know we've read this particular passage several times. See if there's anything, any particular word that stands out in the midst of this. Because it did to me, and that's why we're talking about what we're talking about today. So let's read Romans three nineteen through 31. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because of His forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith, apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. So let's pray once again. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move within our hearts and minds, give us clarity, draw us close to you. Lord, I know you can speak to everyone a particular message this morning, and I pray that you would do that. Draw us close to you, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. As, as, as I was reading through this again, I was reading like chapter 4 and 5. The, the word that kept standing out to me, and I don't know if it did to you, is the word faith. Faith. 
in our reading, in the reading that we had just now, eight times the word faith came up. Verse 22, through faith. 25, through faith. 26, the one who has faith. 27, the law of faith. 28, justified by faith. 30, by faith and through faith. And then finally in 31, through faith. And as as I was thinking about that, I went back in chapter 1, Paul started out talking about faith. And he was talking in particular of the faith of the saints that were in Rome. He commended them. Verse 8, Romans 1 verse 8. First, so here he's starting out. This is after his greeting. First, I thank God through Jesus Christ for you all. So he's thanking God for them. And why? That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Now we went through this. I kind of went back and looked at some old notes. It was about a year and a half ago, I think. And here's this group of believers in Rome, a very wicked city, and they are putting their faith on display so that there are many, it says throughout the whole world, throughout regions that had heard of their faith. Now, just just remind you once again, where, where are they? <laughs> They're in Rome. There's this great big building in Rome, the Colosseum. Christians didn't do well in the Colosseum. Why? They wouldn't renounce their faith. Think about that. Here's here's these people in Rome, and yet they're exhibiting their faith to others. How how were they doing that, I wonder? Or, Or how would we do that? By believing what the Word of God says and doing it. How how would we put our faith on display? I believe it's summed up in just that little statement. By believing what the Word of God says and doing it. By trusting and obeying what God has said. That that puts our faith on display. And not for our glory, but for His. Or for His glory. Now, I, I want to go ahead and go back into the book of James and just read in chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Because James had a lot to talk about faith. We preached through James a few years ago. But just a reminder, uh, and, and that's what all of this is today. I've got nothing new. It's all reminders of the Word of God. Amen? In James, the second chapter, 14 through 26. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe 
that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. And now we're going to get into that in chapter 4 in Romans, aren't we? Verse 24. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. That's very important. Only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now, put that verse 14 up by itself. In the, King, the New King James, it says, but, but what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Now put up the ESV. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? And, and perhaps an even better uh, rendering of it would have been, can that kind of faith save him? James, you know, saying, faith without works is dead. But we've, we've talked many times from this pulpit, are we saved by works? No. No. But works will follow saving faith. Amen? So Paul begins his letter thanking God for the faith of the Roman saints. Then in, in uh, verses 16 and 17 in Romans 1, we have that great theme of the book of Romans. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And we could go back, I didn't put the reference, but that's from the book of Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. And then in, in Romans 4, uh, we're not going to go there today, but, but you know, I kind of, when, when we read there from James where it's talking about Abraham, we're, we're going to get into that. When we get to chapter 4, Paul talks of the faith of Abraham and, and that faith was accounted to Abraham as righteousness. And the, the word of faith is, you know, it was eight times in our reading today from the third chapter. There will be a time when what we have heard becomes real. And that's a miracle of salvation. We've heard the Word. We've heard the Gospel. And by the power of the Spirit and by the truth of God's Word, faith came that we might believe and to receive Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace through Faith, faith, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Let's read it. You know this, you, uh, you should have this memorized. We have quoted this so many times. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace, the grace of God, amazing grace, giving us not what we deserved, 
but as He saw good pleasure to give us by His grace. Because we were all sinners, we were all darkness, we were all enemies of God, but by grace, child of God, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, and I believe that that is meaning, and that faith is not of yourself. That faith didn't come. You didn't conjure it up on your own. No, no. It is the gift of God. Not of works. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But He gave it as a free gift. So it's not of works. Why? Lest anyone should boast. No one will be able to boast of obtaining faith on their own. Well, I guess they can. But that would be saying quite a bit about them, I believe. We are saved by grace through faith, justified by faith alone in Christ alone. Well, let's look at Galatians 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Was Paul consistent in his message? <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that, that sounds like we could have read that right out of Romans, doesn't it? We're justified by faith alone and Christ alone, no other way. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. Not by our intellect or good works. Titus 3, verses 4 through 7. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He loved us. According to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. By grace we have been saved through faith. Then in Romans 5, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Always when I read that, we have peace with God. That's that reconciliation. We have been reconciled to God. So we're at peace. We're at peace with God. And one day we'll stand before Him holy, blameless, and above reproach because of what Christ has done, not because of what I have done. We've been reconciled to Him. We are at peace with God. Through whom also, and it says through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Faith by which we not only have eternal life with Christ, 
in heaven, but I believe also faith by which we may victoriously live while yet on this earth. To live by faith, to live by faith. We sing that song, Yet Not I, But Christ in Me. We may sing that today even. Um, That's in Galatians 2, verse 20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by what? Faith. And the life which I now live in the flesh, that's while I'm walking around here on earth, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So, so a saving faith that, that not only means we have eternity with Him in glory, but that He is with us even here now. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Galatians 3 verse 11 because we we have as a child of God we have been granted and given eternal life have we not and i believe that this is how i look at that 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 eternal life began at that moment of my salvation it, to to me it began then yeah i'm still walking around here on this earth at least for now but i'm doing that by the Faith in Him. The saving faith that He has given me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. When this old body's gone, by faith, I'm still going to be with Him. And so I, I, you know, I believe that that eternal life begins at that moment that we have been reconciled to God. But that no one is justified by the law on the side of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. And then just, just to take at Romans 1, just verse 17, I know we read it earlier, but look at it again. For in it, for in it, and that's talking of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Then Paul tells Timothy, in 1 Timothy 6.12, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So, we live by faith. I believe Paul would say to every one of us, as he said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Well, how do we do that? Well, I think in one way we could go back to to what I said earlier by how was their faith put on display because they were believing what the Word of God said and they were doing it. And so that would be one. But but Paul had a word to the Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 11 and 12. He had just been talking about the faith of the Thessalonians and how their faith was growing stronger in spite of the persecution that they were facing. They were under great tribulation as well. And he's he's encouraging them, as he did Timothy, to continue to fight for faith. And here he says in 11 and 12, Therefore, 
We also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know I've brought this out many a time. The good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power, ESV says, work of faith by His power. And I believe that's very important. That leaves no doubt about where the power to live this life comes from. It's not of our own, but it's of Him. And fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith by His power. That everything that we would say and do would be by the strength and the power and the wisdom and all that He gives. By His power. How do we display our faith? How is this accomplished? By His power, by the Holy Spirit working in us and through us by holding fast the truth of God's Word. We stand, we fight in the power of God by faith. How, how can you, preacher, how can you believe all this stuff? By faith. What more can you say? I know it's true. How can you know it's true? By faith. You, you have to keep coming back to that, don't you? I believe it by faith. And, and if you're talking to an unbeliever, they don't understand it, and nor can they. So, so don't get discouraged in the midst of it. Don't get into a big argument about it. Just very calmly and very lovingly say, I believe it by faith. Showing some verses that talks about this faith. And just say, I'll be praying for you that the Lord may give you faith, this gift of faith. So that you may face life by the power of God and not on your own. Child of God, can you imagine being a lost person facing everything that's in this whole world today? What keeps them from going crazy? How could, how could they not all be drug addicts and alcoholics? trying to drown away the realism of life. And the way I look at a lot of that is because I believe the Lord is preserving some of them. That He has a, a protection upon them even before their salvation. I believe that in regard to myself. That He kept me busy doing other things. You know, singing, playing piano since I was 12 years old. Going around uh, when other people that we went to school with, hey, won't you come up? We're going to meet out at such and such. We're going to you know, have beer. We're going to have a good time. Well, I'm singing up over in Bismarck at church over there. So, so the Lord, I, I see that as the Lord having His hand upon me back then. And, and I, I was born again at that time. But still yet, I believe the Lord knew what was in store for me yet to come. And He protected me from many, many various things. So we stand, we fight in the power of God by faith. 
This faith gives us victory. Victory. That, that's a verse from 1 John 5, 4. And whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, that gift of God. That gift of God, our faith, our faith. Let me read just a few more verses that, that talks about faith. And, and, and I pray that this will just be an encouragement today as, as we go through many different trials and tribulations and things of this world, whatever it may be. Just know that He is always holding us, that He is always there with us, that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And as best we can, keep as He is holding us, keep holding on to Him. Keep holding on to Him. In Jude uh, of course, it's first chapter. There's only one chapter. Uh, verse 3. Beloved, when I w- while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you, now listen, to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Why why this little letter, this very short letter? Why this? Why the exhortation? Contend for faith. Fight for faith. Why? Well, we're going to get a little picture of it uh, if we read verses 17 through 21. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the prophets of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time, who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. That could have been written yesterday, could it not? So keep, that, That's why he's writing this letter to these, because this is what they were facing some 2,000 years ago. And so he's writing, saying, contend earnestly. Verse 19. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for faith. Why? Because there's so many around, so many around, who have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And it's everywhere. But we're to hold on to faith. We are to exhibit our faith. And how do we do that? By believing God and what He has said and obeying it. And not compromising in any way the truth of God's Word. I don't know what the future holds for America. But God does. I know MacArthur, John MacArthur, 
was putting this out uh, about what's going on in Canada. Uh, are you familiar with that? About the uh, it's it's kind of things we've heard about for quite some time about it's going to be uh, you know we, we've heard of hate speech and that reading a lot of the Word of God would, is coming across as hate speech and they are cracking down on it from what I've heard in Canada. So the, that there are preachers that could be thrown in jail for doing nothing more than preaching the Word of God. Is that, that, that seems unbelievable to me, but it's coming. But it's coming. So we hold on to faith. Take up the shield of faith. You know, Paul said in Ephesians 6 chapter, that the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, <laughs> we may have to hold up that shield of faith while sitting in jail. Paul did, didn't he? So contend for faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Take the shield of faith and quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 23. We'll just read a few more. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil, that is, His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful." That's a pretty good summation of it all, isn't it? Because we have a great high priest in Christ who came and gave His very life, who went through the veil, tore the veil, to give His precious blood upon the mercy seat. Because we have such a great salvation, let, let us come before Him in full assurance of faith that what He has promised He is able to perform. Well, let's read that in in Romans four, verses twenty and twenty one. We're kind of jumping ahead, you know, talking about that faith of of Abraham. Remember Abraham. Well, here we go. He, Abraham, did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But what did God promised? A son. But I'm old. My wife is old. She's barren. How could this be? But he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he, what God had promised, he, God, was also able to perform. You see, I can stand here Sunday after Sunday and I can read scriptures and remind us all of God's faithfulness and of our victory through Jesus Christ and we can have our hearts stirred and we can say yes and amen and then the service is over and we walk out those doors. And what then? What then when we're not all huddled together 
encouraging one another, well then, will my hope waver? Will yours? And if it does, what does that mean? That means we have we have forgotten the promises of God is what it means. That means we're not holding on to, to faith that we're not fully convinced of His Word. That's, that's what it would mean. So may we never waver in unbelief, but rather may we be, may I be fully convinced that what He has promised, He is able to perform. Amen? Well, if I could leave us with just something, man, just right there. Trust His Word. Trust Him. Put your faith on display. And how do we do that? By believing what He has said and being obedient to it. By trusting, by obeying, by being fully convinced that what He has promised, He is able to perform. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do give you thanks for your word, and we just—I just need reminded from time to time, Lord, of just stuff like this. And I believe we all do. I believe that we can, perhaps, very slowly, over a period of time, without even seeing it, have our faith, our hope at least in our own minds, be diminished. And I know for myself that's only because I've put my eyes on other things other than You, that I'm not focusing on You, I am not trusting Your Word, and believing that every promise is true, that every promise is, a, is yes and amen in Christ Jesus my Lord, and that every Word you have promised, you, Father, are able to perform. So, Lord, help us all to stand in faith, to contend for faith, to fight the good fight of faith, to not be ashamed to put our faith on display, even when it may mean we'll be ridiculed, even if it would mean we may be thrown in jail. May we hold fast to truth. Hold fast to You. So Lord, give us strength for this day. Give us strength for as we walk out these doors to face whatever You may put before us. And Lord, I know, I know because You have said it, You'll not put more on us than we can bear. Let us not forget that. So Lord, let us run to You and look to You and trust You it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.